everybody and welcome to the festival of the new moon of gemini this may 18th 2023 new york city the work of the christ in the piscean and aquarian age subtitled the occurring school keynote of 2023 as it is related to the work of Christ during the Piscean and the rapidly approaching Aquarian age. The work of Christ during the Piscean age was to relate humanity to the hierarchy of the planet. In the Aquarian age, his work will be to relate this rapidly growing group to that higher center where the Father is contacted where recognition of sonship is accorded and where the divine purpose can be known. It may therefore be said that a major world direction of aspirants and disciples towards the will of the Father in Shambhala is being intended by the Christ. And any effort that prepares the aspirants or disciples towards this goal is aligned with the work that the Christ will carry out in the Aquarian age. Reflection and meditation on this year's keynote of the school. Let the group affirm the will as an expression of the law of sacrifice can aid in preparing the aspirants or the group in meeting the opportunities and challenges of the initiatory cycle through which all true groups are increasingly passing. Group reflection on the spiritual will deepens our ability to participate more fully in the Christ's work and a fuller cooperation with the upcoming opportunity of the Gemini full moon. The group that the Christ is relating to the hierarchy are three. The group composed of the first degree initiates, those consciously preparing for the second degree initiation, and those in between. The ones who have taken the first and the second initiations, the babes in Christ, will be the proper concern of the Christ in the fast approaching Aquarian age. And we are told that this group is a rapidly growing group, which brings hope and encouragement. Let us pause briefly to sound the affirmation of love. In the center of all love I stand. From that center I, the soul, will outward move. From that center I, the one who serves will work. May the love of the divine self be shed abroad in my heart, through my group, and throughout the world. Oh. It means that this rapidly growing group will be prepared by the Christ in order when conditions are of course fulfilled 
to be presented for the third initiation of transfiguration. And through this third initiation, make contact with Shambhala and be increasingly related to the father. The second initiation, having prepared or giving them all this important stage, even though it is indicated as an elementary or faint contact with the will of the father. The work of the Christ in relating humanity to the hierarchy is proceeding and is increasing rapidly as we steadily approach closer and closer to his reappearance every year that passes. This work is well understood, and the laws, methods, and practices associated with achieving soul contact are becoming widespread. This other work, that of relating the babes in Christ to their father, the higher center, Shambhala, where the will of God is known, is relatively new and demands greater understanding of the soul-infused personality stage and its succeeding stages. Propitiously, we are blessed with quite substantial teachings in the books written by Alice A. Bailey for the Tibetan and provided by the hierarchy. The use of the keynote, like the one recently employed at the school's conference, and which the Tibetan characterizes as the points of revelation, constitutes some of the new modes of approach and application and involves an effort to understand the will. This effort to understand the will is a service contribution and one of the specific responsibilities of the Christ in the Aquarian age. Our reflection and meditation on the keynote is, among other things, serving as a projection into human consciousness of these new ideas, and in particular into the consciousness of the world aspirants, and serves as a bridging to the future work of the coming one, the Christ. This keynote, we are told, is related to the initiated disciples' first contact with the energy emanating from Shambhala through the protective custody of the master of the ashram with which he, the aspirant, is affiliated. At the indicated second initiation, he receives a quality of stimulation which enables him to see the astral plane as it essentially is. With this revelation also comes the recognition of the basic human necessity to make it holy or to render whole the astral plane, that which provides the most disturbing element in the experience of mankind. The keynote aids in the understanding of the will, the handling of the will, even in its embryonic form, is a difficult task, even though it is an elementary experience, elementary to the masters, but challenging to us. It reveals in an elementary but an important manner the nature, meaning, and some of the initial significances of sacrifice, and it con and constitutes some of the new mode of presentation of initiation. And as we can see, this keynote already incorporates aspects of the will energy and Shambhala, sacrifice. It is important 
to reiterate the group nature of our reflections and meditations on this keynote and to stress that it is as a group that any ideas about the Father's house is meaningful and of relevance to us. The conditioning effect of the stimulation of quality and the revelation that is possible to the new age groups and the effects of reflections and meditations on the keynote, which may culminate in the second initiation for the many during the Aquarian age are due to the service quality nature of the keynote. The keynote is endowed with this service quality, which evokes new qualities in the initial disciples' awareness, and which also provides him with new capacities for service and permits contribution substantially to the dissipation of world glamour. This is a major service responsibility connected with the work of the Christ in the Aquarian age. We contribute by struggling to shift our astral polarization onto higher astral levels, that is, from desires to group-oriented aspirations. And we are helped by the understanding that comes from our effort to reflect and meditate on the keynote. We have also been told by the Tibetan that a very great part of the work of the returning Christ will affect greatly the astral plane. Disciples are therefore needed who can absorb, transmute, and transfer light. This ability to dissipate much individual and group glamour clears the group and the aspirants' astral vehicles and the environment in which they are focusing their service activity. In this case, the great troublesome astral plane, the bane of humanity's life. After that, higher atoms or substances can be brought into the vehicles and service environment and substituted for lower and glamour inducing ones. This happening then permits the group or the disciples to safely stand within the protective custody of the radiation emanating from the master of the ashram. And for the first time in life, faintly contact the wheel from the father, the higher center, Shambhala, through her master. At the second initiation, and all of this has been made possible simply because the true new age groups have at least successfully penetrated using what measure of will they possessed, polarized their understanding, and precipitated the light hidden in the keynote, thus clarifying the astral plane and bringing about a major transformation. This transformation produced a dual effect. It altered the substance of the consciousness of the disciples or group and endowed them with a new capacity or ability to serve. 
Perhaps this is one of the hidden significances of designating the astral plane as a plane of duality, where the battle of the pairs of opposites are fought and fought hard, and resulting in the acquirement of two new conditioning. The significant role played by the understanding and use of the keynote in the process of the second degree initiation also makes this keynote even more important and central to our service work of dissipating both the individual and world grammar. A major service demand facing humanity and calling for all that we can give as life after life Disciples toil persistently towards the initiation of the baptism. Baptism by both water and fire. The baptism initiation which is inextricably tied with the service of dissipating grammar individually and as a group. In this connection, it is noteworthy that a certain degree of dissipating word grammar must be achieved before the Christ may reappear. A transformation brought about by the second initiation, the great gift of this initiation, prepares the student for the human third initiation, which is by the true first hierarchical initiation, an initiation which the Christ will be preparing the group in the Aquarian age. The shift in the quality and the new fiery nature of what used to be the baptism by water initiation is beautifully captured for us in the words of John the Baptist in the New Testament. St. Luke chapter 3 verse 16. John answered, saying unto them all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I, one mightier than I, cometh, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. This baptism initiation, as it is now given, is said to be one of the most difficult presently for human beings, as it is not only concerned with the disciplining and control of the astral, emotional, sentient body or vehicle represented symbolically by water, but to that symbolism of water representing the emotional feelings, sensitivity, etc., is now added the symbol of fire, symbolizing the combined effect of astral mental nature of the group or the aspirant and the need to consider the symbolic effect of action of fire on water, steam, which even physically and factually burns more than hot water and is of far greater energy content than hot water. The Tibetan notes that initiation is becoming more difficult, but also the effective initiate consciousness produced is of a higher caliber. A quote makes the above clearer. 
the approach of the disciple to the entire subject of initiation differs today from that of earlier times. Even so short a time ago as 50 years, this was written in 1955. It is essential that you grasp the fact that this approach is mental and not as heretofore devotional and emotional and aspirational. Today, the true disciple who is ready for this great step, the second initiation, is in control of his emotional apparatus. His lower mind is keenly alert and focused, and his higher mind is definitely in rapport with the lower, via the Antakarana. Perhaps clarity of perception will come to you if you realize that the conditional demands of the initiator until the period of the year 1400 AD were for conscious soul contact. Today, it is for a measure of established relations with the spiritual triad via the Antakarana. This is a very different matter. This relations with the spiritual triad brings in the expression of the monad and implies contact with Shambhala and an inflow of the sense and energy of universality through the Antakarana. The keynote, let the group affirm the will as an expression of the law of sacrifice was given by the Tibetan under the theme of the point of revelation and has been adapted for our group use. These points of revelations are part of the shift in the teachings on initiations as demanded by the one initiator and is also the effect of the impact of the first ray on humanity as it emanates from Shambhala. Reflections on the school's keynote, which is the second point of revelation and which is particularly related to the modern second degree initiation as it is presently presented, will increasingly evoke the needed understanding that will permit the school's group and the many other groups in the world to achieve a growing rapport with the spiritual hierarchy, which will in turn increase intuitive perception and functioning as the hierarchy functions predominantly on the intuitional plane. The intuition is an important energy which strengthens and produces group cohesion. This cohesion is being developed by all new age groups. The intuition is also important for the following reasons. The process of initiation cannot be experienced unless the intuition is beginning to function, even if in an elementary manner. For initiation is the demonstration of intuitive understanding put to practical expression. The intuition functioning through the abstract or higher mind is the great interpreter or interpreting agent 
much needed today. Three, the intuition provides the group consciousness, which in cooperation with the will, permits the group to contact safely Shambhala, for there is no element of self-interest, at least while the intuition is functioning. The intuition is one of the true constitutions of the monad, the other being Atma. The intuition gives insight into divine purpose, enables the appreciation of the will, and ensures harmlessness in the operation of the monadic or shambhalic will. It guarantees safety in the use of the will. The understanding engendered by reflection on the keynote gradually permits the linking of the aspiration and the Buddhic consciousness. The embryonic relationship, this embryonic relationship grows with increasing aspiration, which forms what can be characterized as a pair of opposites in the process of fusing. This further stimulates the group and awakens capacities, providing opportunities for greater group service. The sustained reflection and meditation on the keynote as the years go by will engender within the group an increasing understanding of the relationship between the will and sacrifice. This understanding is essential to the success of our group endeavor, especially when considered in the light of the Tibetan's definition of understanding as a revealing energy which permits you to achieve. The following are the questions for reflections or considerations. One, the overcoming or dissipation of glamour seemed to be a major endeavor during the period prior to and inclusive of the taking of the second initiation. Why do you think this is so? Two, as we reflect on this year's keynote, let the group affirm the will as an expression of the law of sacrifice. What ideas have come to you concerning service that you can share with the group now? Three, there is need for changing our conception of sacrifice. What ideas indicate some of the changes to be made? Now, let's meditate. <clears throat> Strengthening the hands of the group of world service. This meditation is used as the time of the new moon. Group fusion. I am one with my group brothers and all that I have is theirs. May the love which is in my soul pour forth to them. May the strength which is in me lift and aid them. May the thoughts which my soul creates reach and encourage them. 
alignment. We recognize our place as a group within the heart center of the group of world servers. Mentally extend a line of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy, the planetary heart center, to the Christ, the heart of love within the hierarchy, towards Shambhala, where the will of God is known. Higher interlude. Hold the mind focused for a few moments on the planetary role of the group of world service, mediating between hierarchy and humanity, responding to hierarchical impression and meditating the plan into existence.
meditation. Reflect on the seed thought through the impression and expression of certain great ideas, humanity must be brought to the understanding of the fundamental ideals which will govern the new age. This is the major task of the group of world servers.
precipitation. Visualize the precipitation of the will to good, essential love throughout the planet, from Shambhala through the planetary heart, the hierarchy, through the Christ, the group of world service, through all men and women of goodwill everywhere in the world. And finally, through the hearts and minds of the whole human family. lower interlude consider the many ways in which the power of the one life and the love of the one soul are working out in the world through members of the group of world service through building the third form of solution to world problems
distribution. As the great invocation is sounded, visualize the irradiation of human consciousness with light and love and power. Visualizing the ideas in the words that are being sounded. Infusing humanity with a plan. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center, which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Oh, Now we have reached the discussion stage using the questions for reflection or consideration. The first one was the overcoming or dissipation of glamour is a major endeavor in the preparation work for initiation. Why do you think this is so? Two, 
as we reflect this year's keynote, let the group affirm the will as an expression of the law of sacrifice. What ideas have come to you concerning service that you can share with the group now? And three, there is need for changing our conception of sacrifice. What ideas indicate the changes to be made? while we wait for participation. In the book, Grammar, the World Problem, the Tibetan list about 57 different types of grammars under all the seven rays. It seems grammar is a major problem in the world and the need for clarifying the astral plane is so crucial. But what do we mean by grammar in our everyday life and in our everyday way of speaking? It's a little closer. Can everybody online hear me? I hope you can just type if you can't. Uh, we have a new microphone for this meeting, so we're just testing out, make sure the sound works. Thank you so much, Emmanuel, for your very, very good talk and the very, very potent meditation. Um, just reflecting on this first question, which is a very, very good question, I think. You know, what is a major endeavor dissipation of glamour is a major endeavor in the coming in the preparatory work for initiation why do you think this is so reflecting on what initiation is you know it's the beginning of something new so we can consider what is it that we're beginning that even just the even just that first step the initiation really is just the first step the entrance into a new type or form of consciousness almost into a new world or way of being as well you know what are we moving into that the preparatory work for that first step is the overcoming of all glamour and we can think one of the most important things we can do is what we call being members of the new group of world servers is and, and what that is for those who don't know the new group of world service is sort of that group within humanity that works with consciousness with deep thought and keeps the link between uh hierarchy or sort of the heart of the planet and humanity alive sort of so anyway what i was saying though is what one of the most important things is as a member of, of that group 
is to uphold the vision of the one life for humanity. And I think vision is something that's so needed in the world today. And it's something that cannot really be done if one is at the whim of glamour. If one, if you yourself cannot see clearly, then you cannot uphold that vision for others. And so often glamours seem relatively harmless. Um, it's just like, oh yeah, of course, that's sort of everybody has their vice or whatever, or has their their thing that they can't quite see through, which of course is true. But when it comes to, you know, the type of vision that's needed to inspire, to lead people forward, and to sort of uphold that 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 way forward. Um, I'm losing my words here, sort of. But um, wh what's what's so important about that vision is that it's not, um, is that it it it's pure and it's clear and it's straight and it's direct and it doesn't err. That's the whole point of 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 working as a member, striving to work as a member of that group. There's a, <clears throat> a hand raise. You have to speak towards the microphone, Kathy, or they can't hear you. And you tell them to unmute. Um, Sarah, can you unmute yourself? Ah, yes, now I can. Thank you. Um, and with all that, I'm not sure I remember what I was going to say. Michael, you were talking about, so good to be together again. Um, and I wish I were there in person. It was, you were talking about um, dissipating the glamour and it occurred to me that with the initiations being expansions of consciousness, that, that expansion of consciousness brings with it a responsibility, right? We have access to more. So we have the responsibility to use it well. And if we haven't freed ourselves of glamour in the uh, thrall of the personality life, then we might create mischief like what happened in, we're told in Atlantean times. So it seems really clear that the need to get ourselves under control, dissipate the glamour, handle the emotional and transcend the emotional life in, in a certain way goes hand in hand with having the expansion of consciousness, the initiation that gives us more capacity so that we can wield the will without damaging. That's my thought. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you for your contribution. Wielding the will without causing damage, hurting is so crucial. And like you said, when the glamour is cleared, we have better perception. There's clarity and the will can be directed into purposeful, beneficent activities. Thank you.
Um, there's a comment from Julia, and she says, at the same time, I would think that a certain degree of skepticism is important to avoid glamour. Yes, indeed. It creates a sense of humility. It controls overconfidence. And when practiced intelligently, it leads to the ability to listen to others and to hear. Thank you. Um, Wayne Sturbo writes um, from the dictionary, Webster's Dictionary, exciting and often illusory and romantic attractiveness, the glamour of Hollywood, especially alluring or fascinating attraction, often used attributively, glamour, stock glamour girls, whooping cranes, and other glamour birds, R.T. Peterson. And then another definition is a magic spell, uh, synonyms such as spell, enchantment, charm, curse, appeal, allure, attractiveness, seductiveness, fascination. Thank you, Wayne. Therefore, the glamour creates distortion. You see things as they truly are not. And we follow them, and it leads to all our sufferings, all our problems in the world. Yes. At the same time, we should realize that till certain initiation, expansion of consciousness, glamour is unavoidable. All people I know around myself, they didn't reach that level of initiation, myself included. So therefore we have to have humility and humbleness to accept and acknowledge that whatever we see as a truth might be glamour. And so therefore, it gives us a hint of being respectful to other people, glamours or views as they call them or we call them. And so, therefore, the current battle for who is right, who is wrong, should be recognized as one of these biggest glamours. And especially for us disciples who are so sure in our righteousness, this should be a, an important point to remember. That we are not free from glamours. Thank you, Sasha. A friend of mine says, everybody starts right, then struggles to keep on being right through all the wrongs that come our way. Humility. One of the qualities 
stressed by the Tibetan. And it's one of the major quality at the end of the discipleship in the New Age Volume 2 that was listed among the 12 qualities of the heart center. And he says, don't seek for the ordinary definitions. Seek through the meaning into the significance of those words. The whole world needs to be humble. Thank you. I just have another brief comment. Just thank, thank you, Alexander. Uh, just an, another really important quality to develop alongside and, and which aids in the overcoming of glamour and which has to do a bit with you said, we know none of us are free of glamour, of course, and which means to a certain degree, we're still like sort of, well, not sort of, we are wandering in the dark to put it one way. And what's, you know, so, or, and by that, I mean, you proceeding in a certain degree of blindness necessarily. And for, as you lead your, as you're led into the initiation, the initiate always approaches that initiation, you know, with a degree of blindness and um, part of working in blindness or working in the dark is working necessarily working with faith. And so faith, faith to me always goes back to vision if I can't breach that gap between the unreal or wherever I'm at to where I know I could be or where I, where the ideal exists, you vision that gap. And through that visioning, you build the bridge whereby you can one day cross it. Um, there's a comment from Santana. Glamour creates a smoke screen of negative emotions and the color and the color picture real life so that the true vision is not seen and glamour gets goes hand in hand with mental illusions. So we live in physical maya or distortion, and this has to be dissipated by the spiritual power of indifference and the radiation of the soul. And, um, Ginny writes, when we truly release the little self, glamour melts away, and in its place we see the pain and sorrow that calls out for compassion and forgiveness. And Nathaniel writes, glamour represents the blind spots we cannot see. And one more comment. Matthew writes, there are two important powers of the will, and both render a service for all humanity. Of first importance is the power to liberate one's consciousness from thoughts, emotions, and glamours, to be free at any moment. The other complementing power of will is to realize, radiate, express, and manifest spiritual qualities as service to everyone and the world. Thank you for all your contributions. It looks like we are coming to the end of our session. And before we go, few announcements. The next full moon meditation is the full moon of Gemini. That is the Christ festival to be on June 3rd. It's a Saturday, 3 p.m. Of course, at the Lucy's Trust office. 
and everybody is welcome online and in person. After that, there'll be new moon in June, on June 16th at 6 p.m. Thank you until we come together for our group meditations, reflections, and discussions. Thank you.